today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie an investigation has been launched into a potential cyber security breach at the Department of Foreign Affairs. The department was notified on Tuesday by Ireland's National Cyber Security Centre about this potential incident and it follows reports online that a Russian hacking group called Moglovich breached their system. So who are this group? Why have they targeted the Department of Foreign Affairs? To tell us more, I'm joined on the line by Paul C. Dwyer, CEO of Cyber Risk International. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Claire. So we have a statement this morning from the Department of Foreign Affairs. They say at this point there's no evidence of any breach of their ICT security infrastructure. So what does that tell you? Does it suggest that all of this was more of a a warning than a full-scale breach with information taken from the system? Yes, there's there's likely a geopolitical aspect to this. I mean, it's only a week ago that the Irish government essentially summoned in the Russian ambassadors over the death of Navalny and so on, the, the obviously the, the Russian opposition leader. And this is kind of a, a standard ploy, a standard modus operandi of the Russian government, that they will try to undermine uh, countries by embarrassing them and making sure that they understand that there is potential threat there, there is power there. So what we know of this group is that they, they seem very unsophisticated. Um, they're not following the same protocols that normal organised criminal groups would do in relation to trying to monetize data and steal data. So on one side, they look like they may be just bottom feeders who are trying to scam other criminals because they're looking for $1,000 to sign up as an affiliate or reseller of theirs. Um, all of the, the, the techniques and, and uh, approaches they've taken are not very professional in the context of being an organised criminal. Um, and it seems to me that it, it's just retribution for the embarrassment of being taken in. And when you look at the, the rhetoric and, and some of the tweets that came from the Russian embassy afterwards. It's just not surprising that something like this would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a sophisticated group then, is what you're saying. And one of the indicators of that is the fact that this information was offered for sale and we could openly see that. That normally doesn't happen, Paul. Yes. I mean, like if you think of it, when you st- if, if a criminal steals information, as soon as that information is alerted that it's stolen, then safeguards can be put in place, passwords can be changed, details can be changed and so on. So it loses value. It, it, it's, it's like um, essentially like fruit in a stall in a market. The older it's there, the staler it gets, the less it's worth. And that is the way it is with data when it's been stolen and, and uh, bought and sold on the underground stock exchange of you know, with, with these kind of uh, threat actors. So it wouldn't be normal to do something relatively high profile to say, uh, albeit on the dark net, to say, hey, we, we've got data from Department of Foreign Affairs in Ireland for sale, seven gigs. There's no detail. It's it's all it's all very strange, very weird. It really is just seems to be orchestrated to kind of embarrass. And and this, as I say, is, is a, a, a genuine tactic that's used by the Russian government all the time um, in relation to undermining countries and letting them know that it's a shot across the bow of what could happen, what uh, you know, um, even when I think back to the first um, meeting between Biden and Putin, they essentially drew 22 red lines between each other of things they wouldn't attack from a cyber perspective because there are rules of warfare under Geneva warfare, uh, uh, but there aren't in relation to cyber warfare. So all these things are kind of cyber skirmishes, they're kind of warnings, they're shots across the bow, as I say. Uh, and we see a lot of this, that the, the cyber world is completely connected to the political world. And when mm-hmm. something happens in politics in the real physical world, it has an instant effect up on the cyber world. We always see uh, a dramatic impact. So given what you've said and the fact that the Department of Foreign Affairs have said there's no evidence of any breach, are we to take it then that this group doesn't actually have anything? 
Um, well, they, they, it, look, there's always a possibility that there's been some sort of a breach or some sort of a leak or something like that, and some data is in the hands. But what, the incidents will happen. There will be attacks on all kinds of organisations, and it's about how it's handled. And so far, the NCC are doing a sterling job as the Department of Foreign Affairs. They're updating people. They're being transparent, and they get they're in a phase of situational awareness. They're trying to work out has something really happened here, and if so. You know, how do we mitigate the risk and what's our recovery plans and so on in, in relation to that? So it, it's it's highly unlikely that has been a breach, but that's not to say there hasn't. But, but you know, even the, 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 the statistics that they put out, seven gigs of data, well, what is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it, you know, is it hundreds of thousands of records of, of just text or is it, you know, a, f- a few records or a few pieces of data? Who knows? Because in storage terms, it seems relatively small, but it could represent a significant amount of data. And obviously, that's all individuals uh, um, and, you know, all the safeguards would have to take part afterwards to protect that data um, and to make sure that the fraudsters didn't get their hands on it. People would remember back to the time of the HSE cyber attack and the general sense was that we as a state were very exposed at that time. Uh, Just listening to what you say there now about the National Cyber Security Centre, has the Irish state beefed up its security on this front? They've definitely beefed up their security. They've beefed up resources, but there's still always room for improvement in these areas. This is always a cat and mouse game. So there's always continual uh, risk assessment, continual um, uh, involvement of, of uh, threat vectors uh, and threat actors out there. So they they have a hard job in front of them and a, ta- and a task to do, especially when there's a skills crisis in the world of cybersecurity. Um, and it's very difficult to attract the right kind of talent uh, to be uh, involved in, in those areas as well. But uh, we've seen dramatic improvements around the NCSC since the HSE. And, you know, mentioning the HSE is very relevant because that group that was behind that was a Conti ransomware group. Those guys were making $180 million a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had about 30, 40 staff. But the day of the attack on Ukraine and the invasion of Ukraine on their website in the same a spot on the website where they mentioned they attacked the HSE, they put out a notice to say, we support Vladimir Putin with his invasion of Ukraine. Anything we can do to help, we will. So this relationship between criminals being harboured by the likes of a state like Russia um, is very evident. Yeah, it's just really interesting, you know, that that an organisation might come out and make a statement or offer for sale something that they don't have. Going back to this most recent incident with the Department of Foreign Affairs, like how as a company or an institution do you counter the damage of that in terms of how you're seen? You know, the message goes out, oh, you have a weak system. You may not have because these guys could be making it up, but it's very difficult to push back against that. Absolutely. And look, what we're talking about here is qualitative risk and quantitative risk. So the quantitative piece around the money and what that would cost, but the qualitative piece is a reputation that might never get get repaired and some companies go under as a consequence. If we take this into the realm of cyber criminals, um, the kind of attack vector they'd use with this is they would put out a notice to say X bank or X institution has been hacked and taken down. Um, that might short out a share price. And the criminals have already invested in shorting out a share price and they make a killing and they move on. Yeah. It's a standard technique in damaging someone's reputation. Yeah, and very difficult to fight back against it. Yeah, and on that, Claire, I mean, one of the things that, that is working very well is from the European perspective. They brought out a, an act called DORA, which is the Digital Operation Resilience Act, which is all about sharing information, collaborating, and being able to work together as a sector with the financial sector. And they're the kind of initiatives we need to see. And the Central Bank of Ireland are, are, are very much involved in that as well and leading that across Europe. In fact, I, I'm, I'm chairing an event on that in, in March in Dublin, the EU DORA Summit. And this is how... You you counteract these kind of threat actors. It's by working together. 
Paul, thank you very much. Paul Seedwire, CEO of Cyber Risk International. Well, from Lindsay Lowen's Irish Wish to a new series from the Game of Thrones showrunners, we're going to take you through all that's coming to the big and small screen in the next month. That's coming up after this. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.